He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come and speak to us through your word. In Christ's name, amen. For those of you who are visiting, welcome. My name is David Larley. I'm the one of the priests here, and it's a great joy to welcome Philip Jones, dear friend and our bishop. Uh, as you can see, we are, if you are regular, we are dressed slightly differently. Um, we are wearing our Sunday best, um, because sometimes we need to dress up to recognize the significance of an event. Uh, for example, last Sunday evening, uh, my son Ethan went to Cotillion and had to dress up in 1950s garb um, and learn to dance moves that I've never had to and had to dress a certain way. He says, why do I have to dress a certain way? And he says, because what you're learning is, is, is important. Uh, tonight is Western night and he'll be learning the two-step, which as a Texan, you need to know. Otherwise, you will never, never fit in. Right, that's why I wear boots even on Sundays. Um, but it is, because it's confirmation. And this, this uh, morning, for a few moments, before we get on to the act of confirming uh, a number of people, uh, I just want to speak a little bit about what confirmation is and what it means to us, because very few of us are cradle Anglicans or Episcopalians. We've come from all kinds of different denominations and experiences, and it's, it's helpful to, to understand and to um, see the meaning behind uh, what we do. And so for us, confirmation is a sacramental rite. Now, we could speak at length um, on what that means. In fact, it'd be probably more uh, better for us to hear from Chris, because he makes it sound so wonderful, whereas, uh, you know... Um, I will do my best, but a, 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 a sacramental rite is a visible sign that points to or that signifies an invisible grace. So when, in the past, when I've prepared people for baptism as adults or even for confirmation, I say the normative experience when you're baptized is that you feel wet because in order to baptize, you need a person in water. Uh, for confirmation, the height and normative experience of this charismatic uh, calling out of the Holy Spirit onto an individual, the normative experience is that you feel the bishop's hands on your head and the oil as it's anointed on your forehead. And that's it. Sometimes people feel other things, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. But the normative experience is that we go through something that points to an invisible grace. And confirmation centers around two questions. 
centers around two questions. And the first question is, what does God have in store for us? What does God have in store for you? What does he have in store for me? And the second question is, what kind of life in Christ is God calling us to enter into more deeply? What kind of life is God calling us in Christ to enter into more deeply? And so we have these two readings. The first, uh, let's start with the gospel. What kind of life has God called us to? What's in store for us? Well, Zacchaeus. Uh, I was at a, an event recently and, and, and someone came to me and grabbed me by the hands and says, pray for money lenders. <laughs> said, uh, he's a mortgage broker. And I said, yes, we'll, we'll absolutely pray. And uh, while Zacchaeus was not a mortgage uh, lender, he was a chief tax collector. And he was also short. And so he was um, insignificant in two ways. The culture hated him because he made his living on a higher tax rate. And he wasn't very large in stature. And so as, as, we had read, as we heard just a moment ago, in order to see Jesus as he passes by, he climbs a tree, and Jesus comes down amongst the crowd. He sees Zacchaeus, and he says, hurry down, I'm coming to stay with you. And, and that's the life that Jesus has for us, that we would know, regardless of what our lives are going through, that Jesus sees us, and he invites us and wants to, he invites himself deeper into our lives. And the, the, and the, um, the reproach of the religious at that moment is he's gone in to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Jesus makes home, his home, in the presence of those who are sinners. So that's the first thing. That's the invitation. What kind of life does Jesus want what does he have in store for us? Is that we even know that in the presence of Jesus, we're always welcome. And that not only are we always welcome, but that he brings salvation to us as opposed to us trying to reach it for ourselves. The movement in the, in the story of Zacchaeus is Jesus goes to Zacchaeus, not Zacchaeus goes to Jesus. Zacchaeus just gets a better view. And we all want a better view, Right? What about the reading from Isaiah? It's quite strong, isn't it? And this speaks to, I think, what the Lord is inviting the community into and what some of us are already involved in. So what does God have in store for our community and what kind of life in Christ is God calling us to enter into more deeply as a church? Well, these are verses, if you have your bulletin open, just look at Isaiah uh, chapter one, verses 16 and onwards. He says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. How do we cease to do evil? It's really by discovering more and more of who Jesus is and who he's inviting us to be and not just doing it us and Jesus as individuals but as a community. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Seek justice. The church, throughout its genesis, has always been a prophetic voice to the culture and one primarily of justice. It's always been a, a place where the church has been 
the place where oppression has been challenged and where people, ordinary people, who have spent time with Jesus as they go about their days, spend their efforts to correct oppression, to bring justice to the fatherless, to plead the widow's cause. And I'm afraid to say that in East Dallas today, to be a widow and to be an orphan is an, it continues to be an incredibly challenging state. But for the church that can come along and rally around those who are in need to love them and include them as a family. So what does God have in store for us? What kind of life in Christ is God calling us to enter into more deeply? And for that reason, the church has had this practice, the Anglican world, uh, amongst other denominations, has had this sacramental rite of confirmation, and confirmation really centers around two ways of growing. Growing up and growing out. What does God want for us? He wants to grow up, not in the sense of growing from adolescence to adulthood, but as one of growing into maturity, of one of what theologians call the journey of sanctification, or what we hear at St. Bart's, if you turn to your uh, penultimate page, for us, it means that we might behold God and become more like him. So confirmation is about maturity. It represents a deepening or strengthening in the Christian life. And so it is closely connected with baptism. So if you're baptized as an infant, godparents and parents will have penciled in vows on your behalf and confirmation is a time when you ink them in for yourself. In confirmation, the Holy Spirit is present because as a standard rule of Trinitarian worship, whenever Jesus is present, the other two are there, right? When we do things in the name of the Father, Jesus and the Holy, our understanding is that, is that the other members of the Trinity are there. And in confirmation, the Spirit deepens and strengthens our life in Christ so that we grow into a more, uh, a deeper place of maturity. And what does that look like? Well, in the West, for some expressions, that will mean an emphasis on the gifts. But here's the thing about gifts. Gifts really tell us about the giver. And so it can't just be about the gifts. There's gotta be something more, something more deeply, more deeper. Really, in confirmation, the Spirit of God is being conferred on us that we might grow in the fruit of the Spirit. And this is what's costly, because the fruit of the Spirit, as some of you well know, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know what part of your day you need that most. For me, it's usually on the way in carpool between 7.25 and 8.55. That's, when I'm at, that's where I need the Lord the most because that's where an argument ensues about something and you know, I just, I'm at, I've only had one cup of coffee and I'm at my worst. And so in a moment, what'll happen is, 
is that those being confirmed, there are 13 of them today. We had 15, but we, a couple can't be here today because they had a baby uh, a couple days ago. The rectors have had a, their newborn baby, so, you know, any excuse. Um, um, so 13, and individually they'll come up. Uh, Philip's chair, the bishop's, it's called a throne. And so we've got, you know, our best throne here. Um, we'll be here and they'll kneel in front of Philip as our bishop. He'll lay hands on them. And then you, as friends and family of those being confirmed, will be invited to come forward and lay hands on them together. Why? Because everything we do is in community. And it's often these formal acts that really help us to grow. Because one of the things I always tell myself is in structure, there is life. And often if structure is removed from my day, you know, nothing gets done and it's, it's, it's just very difficult. But the structure helps us. Confirmation then is a sacramental practice uniquely related to the Holy Spirit's ministry of maturity and strengthening, firming us up, helping us be made firm so that in the words of the Apostle Paul, we might grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What does that look like at St. Bart's? Well, again, the bulletin's inherently helpful. It looks like our values. It looks like our values, so that the work of the Spirit in helping us grow into mature Christians in the fuller measure of the fullness of Christ is that we might grow in our authenticity. We might grow in our hospitality. We might grow in understanding and participating in the mystery of God. We might take steps forward in wholeness and healing, and we might grow in our rootedness not just in how we worship and do life, but in the tradition of which we're a part. So that's what it looks like. So love, joy, all the fruit of the Spirit growing up through the lenses of our values. Now from time to time, parishioners throughout, I've been, I was ordained in 2004, so whatever that math is, um, I've had people come to me who want to talk about ordination, wanted to talk about a further involvement in the work of the kingdom because they're passionate about justice. They want to make a, a, a change to the plight of the poor in their area, and it's absolutely essential, and that's what we're praying for in our midst. And the starting place isn't to consider becoming a priest or a pastor, the starting place is confirmation. Why? Because the second thing that confirmation is about is that it's a, a sacramental rite of mission, of going and growing out. Confirmation marks a person for undertaking the vocation to which he or she has been called. In this way, ordination is kind of like, in this way, confirmation is sort of like ordination because it marks you out for a specific calling. It's about the priesthood of all believers. So it's really interesting and attention that we hold as Anglicans that yes, we have priests, but we also believe in the priesthood of all believers. And we wanna elevate that value. 
Unlike ordination, both lay and ordained people are confirmed. And this is because every Christian, every Christian has a vocation to proclaim the gospel and live a life that reflects the life of Jesus to the world. Again, I point to you to our vision of values. For us, this mission is to connect the people of East Dallas with God and his people so that we might behold God and become more like him. This is why confirmation is also linked to the bishop's presence. Because the bishop's presence signifies that the person being confirmed is now charged with the duty of carrying on the apostolic mission. In some traditions, calling is really about the individual and their relationship with God. Here, calling is both discerned by the individual and recognized by the community. And we can recognize it as a community because as a community, we're all on mission together. Confirmation marks a new beginning, a new deeper sense of vocation. Confirmation marks you out for a life on mission. And you'll see in a moment what happens in confirmation if you've not been to one of these. Uh, the candidates will be presented and examined. We'll all say the creed together. The candidates will be prayed for. And then there is a threefold renunciation of sin, the world, and the devil. And there's a threefold affirmation of the understanding of what our faith is about. And then they'll come forward, hands will be placed on them from both the bishop and the community. And the, you know, the steps are carpeted so it won't feel that bad. And then they'll be celebrated. And it marks really that sense of the community is with you, the community is for you, and together we are going to do all that we can to connect the people of East Dallas with God and his people so that together we might become more like Jesus as we worship him. So that's confirmation. It's different if you've not grown up in, in a world that confirms, it, but it's incredibly significant because for us it's the high watermark of charismatic initiation or experience. And it's a place where the ministry of the sacraments and the ministry of the Spirit are woven in together and make this an ordered and safe way to take steps forward into growing into our calling as people who want to continue the work of Jesus. So what does God have in store for us? What kind of life is in Christ is God calling us to enter into more deeply? Whatever resonates in your heart, you might have thought of a, someone you know who's near and dear to you, who's in need, may have thought of a challenge that you're facing, may have thought of a sudden change in the workplace that you were not expecting. You may be thinking even of uh, the loss of a loved one. 
Whatever it is, we don't do it alone. We do it together in community. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for this invitation you've given us to follow you. We ask now that you would draw near to us and be with us as we uh, confirm those uh, being confirmed today. And our prayer is, Lord, is that we'd be a community that is a place that welcomes those in need of you. But we'd also be a community at work, bringing about your kingdom, that we'd be a community marked by justice, marked by grace and mercy, that the things that are on your heart would be on our hearts, just as the things that are on our heart are on yours. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.